launched. I don't know if we have an official name for it yet, but as you guys know, I'm from Sportland.com, which you guys are all tuned into. You know me from Sports Talk with Cousin Eddie, where hundreds of thousands of listeners worldwide. Um, so, Tim, welcome to the show. Thanks for joining. It's the first time we're doing this. Yeah, let's see how this, uh, let's see how this thing turns out. Yeah, so... I guess, Tim, let's just do a rundown of ourselves and what we're doing. For people tuned in, obviously we're we're brothers, Tim and Alex Edmonds, um, two years apart in which I graduated U of O 2018. If you're watching on YouTube, you see I got the Oregon hat. Um, and I work in Los Angeles. Tim works in New York. He works for a news company. Um, and this is just something we're doing on the side. You know, everyone's passionate about sports. But no one in the world really has a podcast, so we're kind of pioneers being the first ones to do a pod here. Uh, Dan, want to give a quick little intro on, on what you're doing? Yeah, um, my name's Tim, Tim Edmonds. Um, I work for Fox News here in New York. If you're liberal, you probably fucking hate me, whatever. Um, but yeah. I work I work on their media desk. I do a lot of different stuff, um, sports, politics, business, pretty well linked in, pretty, pretty uh, connected, but I really do like sports, so that's why I'm here right now. And what was your background in college, Tim? Because I know you ha- have way more sports experience, at least yeah. le- legit experience, than I do. Yeah, I went to, uh, I went to Loyola Chicago. I was the the men's basketball beat writer there for a few years, covering the team, traveling around, covering them. Um, That was a great experience. I studied multimedia journalism and sports management there. Um, So at least I did go to journalism school. Big waste of money. Never do it. Um, But I'm glad to have a job right now during the pandemic. And, yeah, I really did enjoy my college years. I played rugby there, too. Um, So I do have an athletic background, too. Um, but yeah, I really, really enjoyed my time at Loyola. It's a good mm-hmm. time. Cool. Sounds good, Tim. I think we might as well just dive right into the topics. We can do other podcasts where we talk about like college and our individual experiences, but, um, let's just talk about the NBA. We know sports are back in action. We went so many months without having really anything like the, uh, fucking UFC was going on for a little bit. There was the drama of fight Island, um, but we actually have like legit one of the top three sports back. We have MLB too. I don't think people care as much about that, especially with us. Fuck baseball. Yeah, I think especially with us both being Red Sox fans. I got a a baseball shirt on, but fuck baseball. Yeah, yeah. I think with us both being Red Sox fans, which for the listeners, Tim and I, our dad is from Boston. He's from like just outside of Boston, so. That's why we're fans of like the Patriots and the Red Sox. Um, but we can talk about baseball another time because it's kind of a shit show. But, Tim, I wanted to get your thoughts on the uh, Patrick Beverly, Paul George, Dame Lillard fiasco. Yeah. Uh, back to what you were talking about, though. It's kind of weird. To, you know, it's weird because sports being back, it's actually something to do. Like during my shifts, I have something to actually watch. While I'm working mm-hmm. on the side, it's crazy. I mean, yeah. it's good to be back. UFC and some of those other sports, English Premier League, were back a little bit before, and that was a good little way into it. But, man, it's good to have sports back. I'm really glad to have them back. Um, yeah, fuck. It's been the NBA bubble. 
they've 100%. They've, I think you could say that too. They've aced it. Yeah. They've killed this thing. Um, I don't even remember your question was, but I think something with Patrick Beverly. Yeah, um, well, I we'll really just... like Patrick Beverly. I think he's really good, but Dame Lillard's been on another level in the bubble. And, you know, I don't think, I don't think they're going to play each other again. Cause yeah. I mean, Dame really did choke that those two free throws was that's ridiculous. You can't miss free throws like that in the, uh, in a game like that. But, you know, well, Dame's had a really good, really good set. I think they're going to have a really good series with the Lakers. I think it's going to probably go to six, seven. But, yeah. I mean, well, if they can figure out L.A.'s inside presence, maybe we can go pull, pull seven or maybe win this thing. But Hassan Whiteside's got to have a hell of a series. Yeah, and, and we'll get into the our predictions for each series in a sec. But one thing I wanted to touch on with the – Pat Bev, Paul George, Dame situation is like the way that Patrick Beverly is kind of clowning Dame. It's it's funny looking at Pat Bev where, I mean, he, he is a good defensive player. I'll give him that. But he averages seven points a game, four rebounds. There was a segment earlier this year where Russell Westbrook had a, an interview after the game where they're like, how tough is it dealing with Patrick Beverly? And Russ was just like, Pat Bev tricks the whole media. He tricks everyone because he just running around there clapping, drooling like a fucking mutt dog when really he I don't think he contributes as much as like people probably give him credit for. And I compared him talking shit to Dame. That's like Skip Bayless talking shit. That's like someone who's really never done anything and they're coming out um and just trying to criticize someone who's great and someone who's capable of putting up 50 points. And then you talk about Paul George where he was like, we're sending you home this year. I mean, do you think Paul George really has a right to talk in that instance where Dame sent him home last year? He hit that 37 footer right in his fucking face. And then PG has the audacity to come back, hide behind Kawhi Leonard and be like, oh, yeah, but we're better now, when PG isn't even the best on his team. I mean, do you think that that's justified for him to even say anything there? Yeah, that's a big thing we got to talk about is playoff P, as his nickname is, PG-13. Yeah. He's really never shown up in the playoffs. He had a couple really good games when he was on the Pacers and the Heat were in their prime, yeah. where he kind of pulled that series closer than everyone thought it was. But since then, you know, he's been fucking dog shit. So this is kind of the year, like, he's healthy. He doesn't have excuses. Neither. Right. I mean, Kawhi's going to be Kawhi. Kawhi. I think Kawhi's going to will them to the NBA championship with, mm-hmm. if PG shows up or not. But if Paul George shows up this playoffs and just is dog shit again, like, he just has nothing to say I mean, at this point. He's been a big letdown. I mean, he's always had really good numbers, and he had a couple really, really good seasons in Indiana, and then he was good on the Thunder for a year. Mm-hmm. But man, like he's just—it's the same shit. He doesn't really have anything he could say. Right. Yeah. I think I was listening to a few different shows where they poked holes in in his argument where he hasn't been out of the first round since 2014. Like you mentioned, he was great for the Pacers. He was so young too. He was like 23, 24, just going at LeBron and like one upping him. Or playing just as well as him in almost every game. Yeah, case. that Pacers team was really loaded too. That was a different NBA, but that was when Roy Hibbert and when having Roy Hibbert and David West was actually like a legitimate thing when big guys actually meant something. And Lance Stevenson. You look at that team now compared to if they played the Rockets in today's NBA, they'd be 
they'd be running around. Yeah. But cool. This is a different league then. Yeah. Well, good to hear your insight then on like Dame Dalla and Pat Bev PG. Let's just get into the predictions. You touched on Lakers Blazers. What do you think that series goes to and who's winning? I'm gonna go Lakers in six. Um, I think the Blazers have the guard play to kind of pull it further because, I mean, the the Lakers are going to have no answer for them on the perimeter, especially right. without Avery Bradley. And I think Rondo will be back by then. But And, like, AD is going to get his. I think the Blazers completely will try and get – that's another thing i got to get to is the Blazers have really no answer defensively for Anthony Davis or LeBron. Right. If they had Trevor Ariza, that would be one thing. They could have a guy who's actually just a defensive stopper, somebody could actually get in front of LeBron and at least try and slow him down. But – I don't care how much their depth at center is right now with Collins, Whiteside, and Nurkic. Like, none of them are good defensive players, really. I mean, Whiteside puts up a lot of blocks there, but he's not hes yeah. not an elite defensive center. So it's kind of just... Well, I, th- I think back... We'll see what happens. Yeah. But, I th- the, but the Lakers just have no scoring outside of the duo. So we'll see what happens. Mm-hmm. I think if Caruso can step up, it'll be six. But if they struggle to find decent replacement decent production out of the guard out of the guard position sink go six maybe seven mm-hmm. yeah I agree with you I I also said Lakers and six for that I think the biggest issue for the Blazers like you touched on they have really no answer for Anthony Davis I mean I think back to when they got swept by the Pelicans was that was that 2018 was that two years ago when that 2018, was? yeah two years yeah. ago and yeah they had no answer down low they yeah. also didn't have Whiteside then I think they had that was the first year they had Nurkic and Nurkic doesn't play good defense we know this mm-hmm. he's an offensive guy um but yeah it was four games and it was over with yeah you mentioned the perimeter scoring too I mean I think it was the game earlier this year where the Blazers played at Staples Center and <laughs> Dame went off for like 36 points, I think. It was down it was that stretch where he had like four games of 50 plus points and then he had the 36 against the Lakers where they won. It was like the the night of the memorial for Kobe and um Dame went out there and killed them. So you're right. Yeah, I think it's going to come down to like CJ and Dame hitting shots and then Gary Trent Jr. too is going to be a huge aspect. I think he might be like the the okay, the guy that yeah, the guy that needs to step up for them. Yeah, um, I mean, they've uh, Portland's had guys step up all over the place. They've been probably the most impressive. Well, you got to say the Suns probably because they didn't lose, but they've been the second most impressive team in the bubble, and yeah. that's mostly because they're you know their guys up front are healthy finally. So Gary Trent and uh, Gary Trent Jr. and Carmelo can finally get those open looks. And, you know, CJ's probably playing at about 60% of what he is right now with the broken back and everything, but he's still still been really impressive, especially that uh, that playing game down the stretch. He was incredible, just bucket after bucket for him. Do you think the intensity, the intensity of the game, like in the bubbles, has it been due to them, like, not being able to nut or have women? Like, do you think that's why they're they're just more energetic? Do you think that's the case? I've heard that theory thrown around. Well, it could be. I saw Adam Silver's bringing in that stripper rule um, that you can't bring someone courtside that you don't know or haven't known before. Um, so that might be playing. Mm-hmm. That might be playing into this whole thing, but we'll see. They've done this bubble thing pretty well. I mean, besides Lou Williams going to Magic City. Yeah. No, he just needed his hot wings. 
All right, let's go to the next one I think I put on the list. Do you have the list in front of you, Tim? Let me see. Let's just do let's do Rockets Mavericks next. Cause I, is or no, sorry, it's Clippers Mavericks. <laughs> Mavericks Clippers. Uh Clippers and five. Mavericks are a really impressive team. They have a lot of they have a lot to build around, but they need that third star if they're gonna get to contention. And then I think the Clippers Clippers haven't taken this whole year seriously. We know that they don't. They don't care until they get to the finals, or until they get to the conference finals against the Lakers. Mm-hmm. They've taken this whole bubble thing really. Just don't really care. At the end of the day, once they turn it on, they have two of the best. You know, two of the best get a stop, get a bucket kind of guys in the whole league. Mm-hmm. If PG plays like we talked about, if PG steps up, yeah. so yeah, I think five games, maybe. You know, but. Kawhi is going to shut down Luka. Yeah, yeah, I think so too. Tim, as we were talking, I just got a message from a girl on Hinge who I was talking to a few days ago, and she said, hey, with four exclamation points, sorry for the delay. Do you think I should just ignore, or should I message back and be a simp there? Simp to it? Um, nah, I don't know. Just tell her you got a pot. I'm working. No, I agree with you on the um, – I think Kawhi will probably be able to handle Luka. Uh, but I don't know. I mean, he's he's something special. They do have that duo with Kristaps with and, and Porzingis – or, sorry, Kristaps and uh, Luka. But you're right. I mean, the fucking – the Clippers have so much depth and so much experience, and, and we can get to this, like, when the next round happens, when we do more predictions, but – I mean, if I were to pick a finals winner, to me, it's the Clippers, because you're right. Like, Kawhi, the whole season was just in that resting mode where he was taking, like, yeah, he, was, he was playing every other game, basically. Yeah, well, so. they knew it, too. They they were firmly locked in as the two seed for a while because they didn't give a fuck if they were the two. Because, you know, like, oh, okay, we got to play road games at the Lakers in the conference finals. Like, right. who the fuck cares? Yeah. I mean, the biggest thing we got to talk about, too, is they have Doc. Doc Rivers is the best coach in the NBA. I mean, besides Nick Nurse, yeah. he's probably the best coach in the NBA playoffs. And, I mean, having a coach like that, like, all this talk about Frank Vogel being, a, like, a very good coach, like, it's just false. Right. Frank Vogel's joke. Like, he's LeBron's puppet master. Like, yeah. Doc Rivers is a good, good coach. He's won a championship before. Yeah, I agree. And he doesn't have his annoying son on the team anymore, too. Um, So let's – what's next? So Rockets Thunder. This one is juicy because we had Chris Paul leave the fucking Rockets to join OKC, and now they're playing. um, Oh, yeah, traded. I think Rockets in six. It depends if Russ – Russ isn't playing in game one. I saw that today. So I think – this thing could go seven, but I think it's going to be Rockets and six. The Rockets looked impressive in the first couple games in the bubble, just mm-hmm. with their uh, just with their guard play and the beat. Like now that they don't have a center, they've been able to space it out. You know, get Westbrook his touches, get Harden his touches. I mean, they have two incredibly impressive scorers on the in their backcourt, and then they have shooters all around. PJ Tucker's a good shooter, and then they have. Uh, not Clint Capella, he got traded. They have um, uh, Robert Covington, yeah. who can you know drive inside and he can also shoot from three. Yeah, so how do they're well set? I think they're they're the team that no one's talking about that could really make a run at this thing. 
Yeah. I mean, how do the Thunder stop Harden? Yeah, they don't. Did, did Chris they Paul's a great defensive player, but, like, James Harden's the best scorer mm-hmm. I've ever seen play basketball. Yeah. And, like, like Lou Williams, I mean, they're both good offensive talents, and they love lap dances, so they'll probably meet later on. Um, what, yeah. was, what was the last Western Conference matchup? We've covered those three. There are a couple others. Uh, Jazz Nuggets. I think the Nuggets win in seven. Yeah. I think that's going to be a good turn. That's going to be a very good series. The Jazz are. I mean, the Jazz kind of match. Thing is, the Jazz really match the Nuggets' strengths very well because Gobert's going to keep Jokic in check for the most part. But I think that him, Denver's just too well. Just so much depth. I mean, when we get to the playoffs, you know, depth doesn't really matter that much, but I mean, that's why I think it goes seven. I mean, give or take, I think Donovan Mitchell's the best player on the floor in that series. So, I mean, it you could, so? you know, it could be something that swings their way and they win in seven, but it's going to be, it's going to be a battle this series. You think he's better than Jokic? Yeah. I, that's a coin flip, I think. I mean, I, I, I agree. Like, yeah, I think I, Jokic is probably better. I mean, Gobert, people say Gobert is overrated, but, like, he's not. He's, you know, he's on a – he's won, what, Defensive Player of the Year a couple times. Yeah, and he was, he was great at passing along the virus to everyone else. Um, okay. Yeah, he, was, he shut down the whole league. He's yeah, a phenomenal great, defensive player. Great defender. Um, for some reason, I don't like Donovan Mitchell. I know we're not really talking about personal players, but there's that group of those third-year guys, Kuzma, Tatum, Donovan Mitchell, where you, you look at their social media and they all kind of think that they're the guy. And I get that Mitchell and Tatum were all-stars this year. Maybe I just hate Kuzma a lot because of his blonde yeah, hair. Kuzma's a piece of shit. We talked about that before. He's a piece of shit. Yeah. Um, but wanna, something about Eastern me, Conference? Yeah, let's just go to Eastern Conference. Fuck Donovan Mitchell. Um, Nets, Raptors. Can we Ra- Raptors just pass and, it on? Raptors, Raptors five, yeah. I saw that today. Somebody tweeted, it said, Nets plus 1,200 to win the series is the best bet. Like, give me a break. That's that's Raptors and four. I will say though, um, I was I think, one one sec Tim on Nets Raptors. Um, I was very impressed with Levert. I don't know if you watched that Blazers Nets game. Yeah, he was phenomenal. He, he was, was great. I mean, it was also Dave and CJ aren't great defenders, so you got to keep that in mind. But he was just bullying them down yeah. there. He's physical, hitting um, shots, so. getting to the rim at will. Yeah, he's he's a good player and. Um, yeah, I mean, I think the Nets have at least somewhat of a future, but yeah, the Raptors, the Raptors will take care of them. I mean, no, they they've shown with this young core that they actually have like good pieces in place. But Kyrie and Kevin Durant want to trade those pieces away to get a third star. God only knows who that third star is. I mean, no one really cares for the Nets. They've kind of people forget like, oh, Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving are on this team. Yeah, I forgot. I I forgot just now when I said they have a future. I totally forgot they have two fucking all-stars. Two of the weirdest people in the NBA. Next year, I mean, we'll see if they. I think they'd be a, probably a. They'll probably be a third, a three, or a four seed in the East. But they're never going to win a championship with that team. I I'll saw some. I saw some thing that said. Fucks. I saw something that Kevin Durant said that his best friend in the league 
was Kyrie Irving. What do you think that relationship is like? Do you think they're just up late at night DMing each other, talking about how flat the earth is or the fucking uh, Illuminati? Like, those conversations have to be insane. Yeah, I think they're the guys who frequent Williamsburg bars downing downing vodka sodas. So that's Uh, at least my prediction. Uh, Next one, Sixers Celtics. Celtics and five because I mean, um, Simmons is just out he, for the yeah, year, right? Ben Simmons is out. He's out of the bubble. Joel Embiid's been hurt. He might. I think he's going to play in all five. In he's going to play in all the games, but he's been hurt. Yeah. Sixers is just a mess. They got to blow this thing up. Um, Celtics are another dark horse. Like they're kind of the team in the Eastern Conference, kind of com- compared to the uh, the Rockets, where no one's talking about them now. But with the neutral playing field being like of the bubble. Celtics could Celtics could go win this whole thing. I mean, they they kind of have this whole thing built well. The biggest issue for them is just getting somebody who can play down low and stop Giannis to come out of the East. Because they just have that bum Thice, right? Like Thomas Thice. Is that his uh, last name? Tice. Tice. Okay. Daniel yeah. Tice. No, their starting centers and his Cantor, and he's you yeah. know he, he's. And there's cancer. I saw some tweet that said that Tice is a, a bargain brand Aaron Baines. <laughs> Just I mean, he's a decent on. player. He can shoot threes. Um, I don't know. He's okay. Yeah. But yeah, he's... He'll be all right. I think Celtics win this one easily. I think the Celtics get to the Eastern Conference Finals, though. Um, it's either them or the Raptors. But I mean, if somebody, if it's not, it's, if it's not the Bucks coming out, it's one of those, and then you know, watch out because maybe they figured it out. But the Celtics, what they're the first team in four or five years to have three twenty-point scorers. I mean, what biggest you, issue for them is Kemba's health, and Kemba doesn't look healthy right now. So, what do you predict we'll from Jalen Brown? Jalen Brown got paid the bag in the off season. He's played well. He's great. Now's the time to prove it. You got paid all that money. He made all this I mean, they're the drama. Kind of, they're kind nothing. of the team that's like the next, you know, uh, Kawhi and Paul George. Like they're they're not going into that level. Maybe they will. I mean, Tatum, if he keeps going on his trajectory, could be a top five player in the league. He's already a top ten player. Um, Jalen Brown's not far behind either. I mean, he's an I think he's an all. He wasn't an all star this year. He's close, but he he earned that contract, and he's going to keep getting better. Um, he's the best defender on the team. Too. So he's Jalen Brown's great. The com- Can't really say he's been anything, but I mean, last year everybody was bad. Like I think every player on that team could kind of just call last year a wash because of Kyrie Irving's narcissistic ass. So yeah, they'll uh, they'll he's figure that guy. out. Um, cool. And then what did we have next? Magic Bucks four, and then Heat Pacers. Well, Heat Pacers is going to be a good series. Let's do Magic Bucks real quick because the Magic, Jonathan Isaac, he got hurt, he got injured, and every BLM supporter was like, oh, he got hurt because he stood for the anthem. Uh, that, yeah, I mean, that was pretty cruel he's stuff. Gonna be, he's going to be an InfoWars contributor pretty quickly, him or Michael Porter Jr. Um, yeah. But, I mean, that was kind of... That's just like the the anger on that side. I mean, I saw people on Twitter when he stood and when he stood for the anthem, and they're saying like, "Yeah, he has no idea what he's saying. Like, he 
doesn't think that's the answer, but it's just like, are you really going to tell a young black man like what to do? Well, and you really going to tell him how to like how to go about the national anthem? So I so I wrote a blog about this actually, and it the title was "My Expectations for Sports Media Were Low, But Holy Fuck," because Taylor Rooks from BR she was like, "Do you think that Black Lives Matter?" After he stood, it's like you're gonna ask a black yeah, guy if he thinks his life matters. Yeah, it's ridiculous. Yeah, I mean, it's like a lot of. I mean, Myers Leonard had that same issue, you know. He had like he's like, I love my teammates. My teammates love me. I'm so a part of this issue, but it's just like, you know, I, I just can't, in all good conscience, do that because right. he, you know, he, he comes from a military family and he knows that, and it's just like. All right, so now you want to judge him and ask, like, oh, do you think your own life matters? Like, get the yeah. fuck out of here. Yeah, you should have a right to do either or without a social media post being made. There was literally the Sports Center Instagram account literally posted My- Myers or yeah, Myers Leonard standing during the anthem, and it was a video of him standing for ten seconds, and that was the entire post. Like that's yeah. that was the post. No, I mean that's the thing that that's the thing that's been talked about right now is the is ESPN, ABC, you know, the whole like everyone in charge of the NBA has made the national anthem a spectacle. Like right. they they brought us into this thing, like, oh, the national anthem is next. They would show it and then they would go back to commercial. Like they would go commercial, national anthem to commercial. Yeah. making it a spectacle like oh look at these people like look what they're saying like look at their you know and like yep. we completely understand their like the reason that they're protesting and their like reason for kneeling for the anthem 100 percent. but when you make it a spectacle like that and when you make it when the norm of somebody standing for the anthem is so just like an outrage like it's just a disgrace Like that, I mean, that's not on the NBA. That's not on the players. That's not on anybody. That's on ESPN. That's on ABC. That's on SportsCenter. That's on the executives that make like make it a spectacle, like they've made it. Yep. I mean, anything that's going to get views or cause controversy, they'll they'll exploit it. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, because they're part of the media, they want money and they want page views and they want clicks. Yep. And that's the same shit with every kind of media. Yeah. No, I totally agree. Let's uh. You know the Magic kind of suck when our only topic is about how one of their players was standing. I mean, I don't, I couldn't name five other players in the Magic. They, they got Fultz. Marco Fultz, yeah. Um, so yeah, Bucks, Bucks in four. Um, they'll probably be able to rest Giannis for one of those games, honestly. Um, and then our last one, which will be a good series, Heat Pacers. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm excited uh, for that. TJ, TJ Warren, Jimmy Butler beef the trilogy. Yeah, I mean, I I didn't get a chance to watch the last game they played, but I mean, TJ Warren was lighting up the bubble, and then that first Heat game, he only had 12 points. Yeah, got him down. Um, I mean, Jimmy didn't really have a good game either, so it was kind of it was kind of a, a moot point. But uh-huh. you know, we'll see. I think I think this one's Miami. Miami in six, six maybe seven. Yeah. Um, yeah. Let's go six. I think Miami's got a really solid core put together. They're just they're just not good enough to win a championship. That's kind of the thing they should have broken to 
mean, like I pre like gotta love Jimmy Butler wanting to do it for himself, but he really should have stayed in Philly if he wanted to win a championship because yeah, not gonna win one my in Miami with that group. I mean, Tyler Hero and Duncan Robinson might get a little bit better over the years, but can't really see it right now. Yeah, I mean, I think I think I'll probably take the Heat too, winning that series in six games, but. I'm if I were to root for a team, it's the Pacers. I mean, watching TJ Warren light it up. I definitely like him more than Jimmy Butler in that feud. And then TJ McConnell, you know, us being like five ten, five eleven white guys, it's it's hard not to root for a guy who at least looks similar to us in the NBA and is is making his way. So um, he's awesome. He's also a Pac twelve player, so he's always hilarious to listen to. And then. Oladipo as well. Um, so the Pacers, I, I want them to pull that out. But, yeah, it'll probably be Miami. My gripe against Miami is, um, have you seen, like, Tyler Hero, like that video of him doing the GQ, How I Spent My First Million? I haven't. Well, he he's like, I, I, uh, I spent 60K on a purse for mom. I like to go shopping in Miami Beach. He's just like the ultimate tool, and I don't blame him for being so rich at such a young age, but I see people like that who care more about the swag than the game, and I'm like, yeah, I don't I don't want you to do well there. Um, cool. So, Tim, do you want to save the, uh, the top five segment for next time? Yeah, let's do that. Um, college football? Oh, yeah, let's discuss college football. Totally forgot. So, um, as you guys know, how it currently stands, the whole college football thing is a shit show. And it's it's upsetting seeing as they had, like, some of the longest time to figure this out. Right, Tim? Like, we learned about COVID early March. And they kind of just sat... Yeah, they kind of just sat on their ass and were like, well, this should all be resolved by the time we get to... August, September, when players have to, like, get back and start reporting to camp. Um, obviously not the case. Obviously people don't really know what they're doing. As it stands now, I mean, the Pac-12 said they're not playing. I believe the Big 12. It's just, like, the SEC, right, who hasn't committed Big to anything. Big 12 and SEC are planning to play. Big 12 is planning? Oh, so Big 10 canceled. Big 10's out. Um, that was the thing today they were talking about is ACC is going to play. ACC wants to play. Same as same with SEC and same with Big 12. Basically, the part of the country that COVID is still a big problem is still playing because they never took this thing seriously. Um, but Big 10 canceled um, and as well as Pac-12, which is just... You know, so I was watching... It's never, it's never been about player risk. Yep. It's never been about any of this other stuff. It's been about liability because these schools are bringing kids back for the school year, in-person classes, but they don't want to do it because they don't want to get sued. Because right. if somebody gets COVID and there's long-term ramifications with this, like they're screwed. Right. And it's also – it's the issue too where if one conference backs out, then other conferences are under pressure. Like the Ivy League, they backed out. And if something were to happen to say like a Pac-12 player, say they choose to play, then it's like, well, why were you playing your guys when other conferences had the same information you did and chose yeah. to sit out? That's the same. That's 
the reason the Big Ten did it because the Big Ten jumped out before everything and they thought they were getting it praised as this group that like, oh, we jumped out before everybody. We were ahead of this thing. And it's like the biggest hypocrisy is um, the commissioner of the Big Ten. I don't know his first Kevin Warren. I think his son is playing college football this year for Mississippi State. Yeah, and he talks about he talks about the risks and all this other stuff. Like, no, it's liability, and you have schools and you have school administrators coming to you and telling you this thing's not going to work to the point where you know his hands are probably tied. And people say he made the right decision. I don't think he did. I think the players are way more at risk of getting COVID by not playing, by not following these protocols that are that they have to follow, by instead, you know, being on campus, being with their friends and partying and drinking every night. Like, obviously, you're going to get corona way, way more likely when you're going to frat parties and you're going and hanging out rather than, you know, going and working out with your team that have been quarantining and have been following these protocols and practicing with them. Like, it's just, it's ridiculous. Right, and that's what Justin, or that's what Trevor Lawrence touched on. That was his series of tweets where he's like, you know, I'm not a science major or anything, but it is way safer is what he was basically saying. Yeah. And he also the most well-spoken point, The most well-spoken person, I mean, God only knows that those are his tweets, but probably yeah. the most well-spoken person in this whole pandemic was Trevor Lawrence and those sets, sets of tweets, you know. Well, there was a Everybody conspiracy. Look at it and they were arguing and saying like, oh, you know, maybe they shouldn't play, you know, read his tweets. And it's like, man, that makes sense. Well, like, there was a conspiracy that, play. conspiracy that Coach O took his phone. But, you know, <laughs> but either way, I mean, no, I thought it was articulated well. Um, apparently like Justin Fields is getting into the mix too, where he wants the he big, he wants to play too. Right. And he was saying that today, he wants to make a petition for players, especially in the big 10 and the, and the pack 12 to, to personally have to opt out to not play. And Do we, I mean, yeah. the biggest thing that we got to talk about is these guys, Justin Fields and Trevor Lawrence could opt out of this year so easily, and they'd be first round picks. Right, they'd be millionaires in nine months. Well, and but they don't give a fuck. Like they want to play. Right, those guys both lost. You know, um, they don't want their last college games to be a loss. Both of them lost in the college football playoff last year, and you know, I respect the fuck out of that for those guys who are just like you know, oh, fuck this shit. Like I don't want to. I don't want my last college game to be two years ago where I lost. You know, off. You know, Justin Fields, a last-minute interception, and then Trevor Lawrence, a couple of different things went wrong in that LSU game, but they were just overmatched. Right, and there's also the point, too, where, you know, this not playing a season this year, it could ruin chances for someone who is on the fringe of maybe getting drafted. Joe Burrow had a crazy tweet where oh, yeah. he was like, Joe Burrow said, if this happened last year, I'd be looking for a day job. Like, the dude wouldn't have been on an NFL team. It's incredible to think about, yeah. Like it's like it's all about opportunities, and the guys who are going to be first round picks, a lot of them have already opted out because they're you know they know and they want to secure that future. Right. That's like skipping but the yeah, game. Like, guy like Joe Burrow. Fuck. No one knew who Joe Burrow was before the Texas game last year. Then he kind of came out of nowhere, and it was just like, wow, this kid can play. Yeah. And now look, he's the number one pick. Like the most ridiculous rise. And having the best college football season probably ever for a quarterback. Yeah. You know, yeah, it's crazy. And it yeah. sucks. People and this COVID thing's fucking bullshit. Yeah. But 
there's mm-hmm. not much we can do about it. And, you know, it's up to the decision of the administrators. And at this point, there's no real, there, I read an article about this this week. Like everybody hurts, like regardless yeah. if you're playing or if you're not, like everyone's pissed off. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, so, so give me a prediction here. Like what, what do you think is going to play out? Like fast forward to October, what are we doing? That's a tough question to say. I mean, it depends on how COVID kind of deals in the next couple of months. We're getting up, we're getting this thing under better control and the numbers are going down. But we got to think about just everything. I mean, a lot of colleges right now are apparently telling people to pack light because if there's a big outbreak, they need to leave. Hmm. So it's tough to say. I think the Big 12, uh, the Big 12 SEC and the ACC are going to play. And if they can keep this thing under better control, they'll, you know, we'll see what happens. But fuck, it doesn't matter. Like, what's the point of playing a national championship if the Big Ten and the Pac-12 don't even have a say in it? Like, maybe it could be a season where neither of those teams showed up. But like, we fucking knew that Ohio State was going to make the was going to make the playoff this year at least. Like, that team's loaded. And the you know the Big Ten's the most consistent conference in the country, and they're just not playing football. Like, yeah. It would certainly be yeah, it'd be an asterisk if someone won. Also, the talk of spring football is fucking ludicrous. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't mean to steal words from, I don't mean to steal words from Mike Golick, but listening to that PMT earlier today, where he's like, these players would finish up the season in like June and then be expected to report back two months later after playing a full season. And for those yeah. who, who are going to the NFL, which Ohio State obviously gets a ton of NFL guys, they would be going like straight into NFL while everyone else, like all other NFL players, who which the NFL is going to play their season, they've had a full year's rest where these rookies are going to come in just fucking trashed. And if you're on the fringe, you're an undrafted guy trying to make a team, you're just broken down too from not playing so it's definitely just like a the big 10 making that statement like oh we'll do spring ball that's them just giving everyone some false hope yeah that that's just the classic like oh we'll punt on this and hope for later right that's been like they're postponing yeah. That's been the the issue with everything, you know, like, yeah, I get that with COVID, you can't really make decisions like that far in the future because you don't know what this thing's going to look like. But like postponing and making these decisions way out in the future, like they've done, like, that's just stupid. We don't know what the, we don't know what the virus is going to be like in this country in a, in a month. You got to hope it's under way better control. And I think we're heading that way, but yeah, man, it's like. It's just you can't make those decisions of, oh, we're going to play in the spring. Like spring football won't happen. I'm calling that right now. I think it won't. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, there's been talks of like trying to do a bubble, but how the fuck do you even like do a bubble when you don't have multiple stadiums? College sports can't do a bubble. Especially when you don't pay the athletes. Like like that's a whole nother issue we can get into later. But you don't pay the athletes anything like give me a fucking break. Yeah. Um, cool, Tim. Anything else for college football? No, I mean, let's just hope the season's played. Yeah. Something to do on Saturdays. If not, the NFL will just play on Saturday. Yeah. No, and I mean, I'm fine with that. The biggest thing about the NFL that I associate with is 
like Sunday scaries. Like when you were in high school, Sunday night football's on, and it's like, oh, this is a fucking awesome game, but I have a shit ton of homework. Now having it on Saturdays, that's kind of relieving. Maybe that's why I liked CFB more than the NFL growing up. But, um, yeah, Saturdays, that's a move. Yeah, see what happens. Yeah. Cool, Tim. Well, um, let's sign off. I'm going to start recording now, and let's get this going.